Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir in the Nishmas Rosenbach Rachachana Rezunissim. Shimon Ben Yitzchak and Masha Bas Yitzchak. And for Shlema, the brother of Chaim Tev Shalom, for Shimon and Elias Chaim. Shabbos Sparshas Chukas. We are coming off of the week of Gimel Tamas. Tremendous amount of camaraderie, tremendous amount of resolutions, Avisisro. unity and yet here we are still sitting in Golis reminiscing and talking and the Shabbos is Yud and the following Shabbos is Yud Zayin which is Shavasa Batamas. The beginning of the three weeks. Time of mourning. Who wants to think about that? Who even wants to talk about that? We don't even want to dream about it. We want to actually feel and actually believe full heartedly. As we say in Yiddish, Adaz, till then, Sheikh will long be here. But although we've just been through Gimel Thomas and saw and heard so many words of inspiration and experienced so much and received sorry so much energy all around the world we're actually starting to plan Shiurim of Hilchas Beis HaBechira Shiurim lessons on a daily basis studying of the building of the Beis HaMikdash We need to plan. If you want something to happen, you have to plan ahead. But Mashiach will long be here by then. I mean, can you not? We still need to know the halachas. We still need to know the laws that are pertaining to it, to the Holy Temple, to the Hamikdash. We'll probably still be able to learn them in those days. We'll be learning them all the time because we have to know exactly who we're up against, what we're up against, but what we're doing and how we're serving Hashem. When we have to go, where we're allowed to go, where we're allowed to be, where we're not allowed to be. 
But yet, not even the Chasson labeled it as the Golos mentality, the mentality of exile, that we're in exile and we're not getting out of here, Chasson. Not even calling it practicality. Just looked and heard about 28 years from Gimel Thomas. We don't know how many years, and we probably do if you just calculate it. Um, since Yeshua stopped the sun, how many less years since? Friedrich Rebbe was his sentence was commuted <coughs> from a death sentence to serve in Kastrama. All these things that took place on Gimel Thomas in our little bit of history, where there are so so many more things that probably could be listed, and we're coming from this date. And we were inspired and we were encouraged and we spoke about it and we believed and we resolved. We're still here. We're not banging on the table hard enough. We are not calling out strong enough, loud enough. Ad Mosai till how long, till how much can we hold out? How much do we have to tolerate? How much do we have to be subjected to? Practically speaking, the generation in which we are in today, in which we know, is Yahasid, a pretty innocent generation. Considering the unfortunate exposure, the unfortunate happenings and ongoings on a constant basis in today's world. We're gems. We're producing gems. We're producing a generation that is written when Moshe Rabbeinu saw our generation. He envied us. He didn't just envy us. He was humbled by our generation. He said to have so little and to be able to do so much is mind-boggling. He himself says, I don't know if I could have. I don't know. I don't know if I would flourish, if I would be able to persevere the way they do in this generation. Granted, there's a lot of people that are suffering Granted, there's a lot of people that are what they unfortunately even made an, an acronym for OTDing off the derach, mm-hmm. going stray, going off the wrong path, tasting the other waters. Yeah, there are. Are they casualties of war? No. 
are the fatalities caused by the Yetzirah much more likely the spirituality that's attacked by the Yetzirah and driving either the youth or even the older people to do things and to make irrational decisions to go out there and to publicly shame somebody to go out there and speak Lush and Hara Today, the social media, which you could post about a person, you could destroy a person's life and his family. For what? For what? Enkan What's going on over here? Do we not have any heart any longer? But we do. And the generation is full of chasadim full of kindnesses that are done by people, helping people, helping random people, helping people they never met in their lives, doing for them and going and running, and, and it's just mind-boggling the amount of chesed that goes on in today's generation. But it's obviously not enough to tip the scale. We're still in Golos. We're a little bit in Mashiach mind frame, maybe. But we are in physical Golas, we are in the physical exile. And we need to grab the bull by the horns and truly think, sing, cry, pray, I believe completely that Mashiach will come today. The Avir is Minaretz, and it'll eradicate the impurities from the land, from the world, and we'll be able to see the true goodness and kindness on his part. Famous story of the daughter of Rabbi Akiva, who was there were two stargazers that were sitting and talking and talk, seeing how. They were preparing for her wedding and said that she's not going to live till the next day anyway. Why make the whole wedding? And then during the wedding, randomly, the Kala noticed a pauper sitting on the side. And she immediately went and grabbed a portion of food and brought it to the pauper to eat. And she fed the pauper. This chesed turned up the entire heavens, it tore open everything. A kala, in the middle of her wedding, in the middle of her moment of glory and joy, was in frame of mind to go help a Jew that she had no idea who he was. A random pauper that was sitting at her wedding and she made sure he had food. And thereby her decree was nullified. That night as she went to bed, she took her hairpin out of her hair, and as was tradition in those days, they had to store it somewhere, they stuck it in the wall behind them. And she stuck her hairpin into the wall. The next morning when they woke up, and she reached to take her hairpin, she was aghast, she was 
mortified, she was petrified. The hairpin had punctured the head of a snake, of a poisonous snake. That very same snake that was to bite her that night. But in order to save her, because of that chesed, because of that kindness that she did, miraculously, she put her hairpin through the head of that serpent. Every drichas regel, every shrit and trit, every footstep, every breath that we take, must be involved with bringing Mashiach. Our goal, our thoughts, our heart, our mind, our soul, needs to be dedicated and devoted to bringing Mashiach. Rabbi Yid, did you put on tefillin today? They posted a picture yesterday, I believe it was, of these boys that were flying somewhere, of course they took out the tefillin, and they were walking up and down the plane to find passengers to put on tefillin. And they asked the man, are you Jewish? And he says, my mother's Jewish, my father is not. She said, mother's Jewish, that makes you Jewish. He says, okay. Have you ever had a bar mitzvah? He said, no. You never put on tefillin in your life? No. And this is an elderly man, must have been 60 or 70 years old. Oops, did I just say 60 is elderly? Sorry. Must have been 70 up. And he rolled up his sleeves and gladly put on tefillin with the boys. They found a karkafta de lemonach tefillin. They found a man that had never put on tefillin in his life, Rachman just because they were doing the right thing, looking and searching to find that one more yid that needs to put on tefillin before Mashiach comes. Everyone has their arm and head ready for it. We need to reach out and to find them. We need to find, the women need to find that woman that hasn't lit Shabbos candles ever or wants to light or stopped lighting or whatever it might be and needs to light Shabbos candles, and thereby, again, illuminating the way for Mashiach Tzitkenu. This is what today brings us the week of Gimel Tamas, and the week leading up to Yud Beis Yud Gimel Tamas. The Chag HaGeula. The Chag that we all celebrate as a redemption of the Fleer de Kireba as he was freed from jail. And that in itself, there are books and books and mountains of stories telling us about the freedom of the, of the Fleer de Kireba, who was literally sentenced to death. And Gimel Thomas, as we said before, his, was commuted, and he was sentenced to prison, and then on Yud Beis Thomas, he was sent home. May we merit, before Yud Beis Thomas, we see our personal Geula, our personal redemption, Kalal Yisrael's redemption, and that we 
tear ourselves out of this bitter gullus, that we tear ourselves away from the horrific experiences, the horrific lifestyle. Let us focus on the parsha because it's very relevant to us. Zeitzchukas Ateda talks about. We spoke about this many times. The three categories of mitzvahs: Edus Chukim Mishpatim, testimonial mitzvahs, mitzvahs that are downright laws, and the Chukim, which are mitzvahs we don't understand their reason. But this mitzvah that we say, Zeis Chukas Hatera, this is the mitzvah of a chayk in the Tera, which one of the many chukim does the Tera point at and say, this is a chayk, the mitzvah of Para Aduma, the red heifer. We're not allowed to wear shotness. Wool linen together, you're not allowed to wear it. Why? It's a chayk. One may not eat pork. Truth is, because the pig doesn't fit the criteria of split hooves and chew its cud. But again, it's a reason, it has no reason to it. However, when the Torah refers to the chayk of the Torah, it refers to the mitzvah of Paraduma, the red heifer. There has to be, therefore, a specific chayk that's involved in this mitzvah. Truth is, within chukim themselves, there are two types. The first type is generalization of all the chukim that are mentioned in the Torah as well. And that says, the Pasik tells us, Es mishpotai tasu My mishpotim you will do, and my chukim you will heed. And also we have another pasuk again in, in Vayikra, as Chukoisai Tishmeru. My chukim you have to heed. Another type, the Mitzvah Paraduma. And there the Torah says, Zeis Chukas Hatera. This is the Chak of the Torah. Most Chukim have some kind of place in our mind, in our Seichel. For example, not wearing Shatnas, not eating Chaza, we understand. The main thing that putting on causes damage, eating something wrong, or drinking something wrong, affects the person I understand. 
I don't know why it's prohibited to me, but I understand that it's prohibited. Not everything can I enumerate and understand and clarify about this mitzvah. Whereas the mitzvah parashima, it don't work. It does not fit in our normal seichel. What happens here? It's not a regular sacrifice. It's not a regular karma. You don't put this on the altar at all. And it's not even done in the Migdash. It's done on the outside of the camp. On the other hand, the Torah refers to it as chatas. And it refers to it as kudashim, holy. It forgives and it is holy. And then there's other things that don't make sense. And when we spoke about it years ago, we told you that the paraduma gets burnt and the ashes get mixed with a certain with waters, grass, etc. And it was sprayed on the people that were tummy the nefesh. People that became tummy, they became impure because they came in contact with a dead person needed to be purified. How, what was the purification process? They were sprayed with the water of the paraduma. This concoction that was made. And they became pure. They became clean. However, someone had to spray them. It was a kain. After spraying them, he became impure. The very same potion that made these people pure and holy made him impure. Till that night, but he was impure. That will not sink in. That will not... It doesn't work. I'm sorry. You can tell me that someone's allergic to something and therefore this guy can eat it and this guy can't eat it. Okay. This person will benefit from this food and this person will be be detrimental to them. I understand. That I can grasp. But that the very same potion makes somebody pure and makes somebody impure, that cannot sink in. Therefore, we need to understand and grasp that this is way different than all other chukim. By the other chukim, the Yitzharala comes along. He's a cute one today, so we call him Yitzharala. Or the outside influences of the world, and they uh, unfortunately turn our heads. Since this mitzvah itself, a regular mitzvah, I'm sorry, a regular mitzvah, works in our seichel, we understand it. 
So when the Yitzharah comes along, we can put ourselves up to it. We can we can face it. We can confront it. Because we say, I have to keep Shabbos. I have to keep kosher. I have to put on tefillin. I have to light Shabbos candles. I might not understand it. I might have uh, different opportunities, other things that I could be doing at the same time. But bottom line, this is what I'm commanded. This is what we have to do. The Parah Dumerashi says, but the Satan, the Umisayinam, the world, counts the Jews. Here comes the Satan, or the nations, and they stand up, And they try to alienate within Am Yisrael. What is this mitzvah? Maha mitzvah zeisumatam yeshba. What is this mitzvah? And why are we doing? Why are you doing it? So the mitzvah itself doesn't have any place in normal seichel. Seichel anushi, the normal human being's mind, uh, mind's eye does not grasp this. The fact that the Jew gets up and confronts and strengthens this and says, Kaj Baruch says, this is my decree and you have no permission to try to, in any which way, deviate from it. The Mitzvah Paraduma is the source and the root of every Jew of the concept of Kabbalah's El, of accepting the yoke of heaven and totally nullifying ourselves and our existence, our essence for what God wants. Not the money not the boats or the houses or the cars or today's day and age the fancy smartphones or technologies just serve God's demand and know your place Know where you're at and what you're supposed to be doing at that time. We don't light Shabbos candles on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to a stage in life, the Mishnah tells us exactly what, when, and where. Chamesh the Mikra, etc. The obligations of a man to sit and to study Teda and to do what's needed, what's what's obligated of him, and to involve himself and to persevere in his daily in a daily life to find what my mission is now. 
This is something that people tend to shirk almost the responsibilities. People don't find their calling at the right time always. And they look away, and they look right, they look left, they turn around, they turn the other way. They turn a blind eye, or they say to themselves, eh, this is not so important. What's important now is going out on a boat. I, I didn't put on filling yet today. I'll put on later. I, I don't have kosher food out here. No, I'll eat some, we'll improvise. It'll be almost kosher. Tells us Chukasatera. This is the Chaik of the Tera. Mitzvah Paraduma teaches us upon the whole Tera. We need to keep the Tera because of Kabbalah's ill and total self nullification to God. By knowing this, we will search for what God's will is and therefore each and every person needs to set aside their personal agendas their private agendas their private anuendos and their private issues and they need to see to it that they have to devote themselves to the Ratzin of God what is the Ratzin of God? What, is, what does God want? God wants us to keep peace. Aves Yisrael. Aves Yisrael can only be done by having Kabbalah sale and by a little bit of self-nullification and putting ourselves aside, as we say. We've been through the trials, tribulations, we've been through tests, we've been through pain we've been subjected to pain we've been subjected to things no person should ever be subjected to we need to file this away and not even try to understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu you did it I understand everything you do is for the good but why is this how did this become good we need to set this aside and we need to make good of it. Make good of it by saying that it's gonna what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But more importantly, by devoting ourselves and dedicating ourselves to Rats and Hashem, we persevere, we forge ahead, we work and we accomplish. And we don't allow the Yitzhahara, we don't allow an incident 2, 3, 10 or 20 that happened to us in the past to hinder our way in our life we forge ahead and we take the lesson from Paraduma I don't understand I don't understand I'm hurting why and how can you tell me stop hurting I am hurting 
because we need to understand that our world, our existence in this world is only for one thing and one thing only to serve Hashem I don't understand how I don't understand why I don't understand anything what is Teda all about? Teda is all about Chukim it don't have to have the answer to everything I don't have to know where it says and why does it say it if it was given over, Mesudas Haviseinu Miyadeinu was given over from generation to generation. We do need to make sure it's done the right way. Unfortunately, there are things that we tend to distort or have gotten distorted in the course of history. And if, those has ha- if that has happened, then we obviously need to figure out how to alter it, how to fix it, how to rectify it. Not justify it, but rectify it. And see to it that we apply it to ourselves in our daily life to make us stronger. So that we can push ahead, persevere, and go on from stage to stage, Mikhail al from Shlav to Shlav, move on, open our gate of understanding open our heart of love open our mind of forgiveness and be able to say I meichel with a full heart I forgive with a full heart and that should be a chuk a chuk that should be the chukas atayla. Should be after ach kamei Love your fellow Jew as yourself. Wow, that's way more confusing than the mitzvah paraduma. Why are we labeling that as the chik of the atayla? Love my fellow Jew. Do you know what he did to me or to somebody else that I know about? Do you know who that person is? Do you know who that person is? What she did, what he did, what they said, what they could have done. I have to hate them for it. Teda tells us, Chukas It's not yours to hate. V'yahav Tolariyachal Kamecha says, it's not yours to hate. There is an Eivishta, there is a Bezden, Shalmailo, and whatever this world doesn't know truthfully will be exposed to Maila. And what, that is the ultimate bottom line end game. Not what we accomplish in this world by putting someone down, by hurting somebody, by destroying somebody. What we do in Avas Yisrael. Avas Yisrael comes in a level of a chak, which means not we don't understand the mitzvah. We don't know the person. And we still have this Avas Yisrael. We still love this person with our full heart and soul. We are still ready to do anything for this person. That is Avas Yisrael. That is what the level that we need to ascertain to achieve. And that is a chok. 
That is a true chukasa teda. Tells us the teda, just like paraduma, is this mind-boggling mitzvah. And I'm telling you this is the concept of chik, because in order to do it, you have to have complete and total kabbalah. Oh, so to every mitzvah in the Torah we need to do with complete and total Kabbalah's oil. And if it needs to be getting those who are not married to get married, and those who have to forgive to forgive, and those who have to live, live, and those who have to do whatever they need to do proper and healthy and happily, without hurting, upsetting, insulting a fellow Jew. How many Paradumas were there? Put your hands down. <laughs> Rambam tells us in Hilchas Paraduma, the end of the third period, there were nine Paradumas. That were used for Tommy Mace. And it brings this the history of the key of this mitzvah in Hechus Paraduma nine Paradumas were done and this was commanded until the destruction of the second temple the first one Meishu Rabbeinu did the second one Ezra until the seventh till the Churban However, says the Ramam, and I've said this before, but it's so important and relevant, it needs to be repeated again. The tenth one will be done by the Melech HaMashiach. May he immediately be revealed, says Rambam, Amen Kein Yehirotzen. Rambam is Yad Achazaka is Yad Halachas. Sefer Halachas. It only brings laws. The question becomes each word the Rambam had literally measured. Many different Halachas are taught on based on the exact wording of the Rambam. Where in the word of laws, in the way of laws, that you come in with, may be revealed quickly, Amen, so should it be. It's a prayer. Where does that come into Allah? Perhaps we could say. Let me just explain to you before I continue this. The Ramam is so miduyak, as we say, so exact in his wording that there are people, Rashi Shivas, Gedoyim, that will give a Rambam Shir. 
And usually in the beginning of the Rambam, Shield starts off with a contradiction they found in the Rambam. Where one place he said one way, and another place he said he contradicted himself. Generally, this pilpul ends off with one particular word that's found in this place that answers everything and just wipes away the whole machlekes. Because the Rambam has every single word accounted for halacha-wise. Every word that he writes, and he'll go through it, and now we'll link Hechus Erevin. Every different scenario of an Erev. The Rambam is teaching us a Yid needs to daven on a constant basis of Bias HaMashiach. It's not enough. This halacha needs to be an actual tefillah about Mashiach's coming. She should have written this in the parakim that have to do with Mashiach. Not here. Mashiach just happens to be mentioned that the tenth paraduma will be by Melcha Mashiach. You want to say, Meheri Yigole, and Ami Kenya Yidotsin, put it in Hilchas Mashiach. You have Hilchas Melcha Mashiach. Why here? But the explanation is the Rambam wants to teach us this halacha in a very deep fashion how we need to deeply as we spoke before apply ourselves and uh, alter our approach to everything to point in one direction to daven for B.S. HaMashiach even now when we are involved with any kind of issue of Geula, a person needs to wake up and awaken by fellow Jews. And they should have the Tvila Meheda Yigole. When we say Mashiach is coming, we should say Meheda Yigole. Immediately it should happen. That is coming in the future, in a week or two or three in a month. After the nine days, during the three weeks, don't give a pinpoint in time. You're pushing it off. We discuss Mashiach, we talk about Mashiach, it means now. The Raman Paskins, Hilgus Malachim, as far as believing in Mashiach, call Mishen and Maimon Bay. Anyone that does not sit and yearn and wait and pray for Mashiach or the person doesn't anticipate Mashiach's coming or believe in it imminently, he is a, a heretic literal heretic nothing to do with Torah but not only a heretic to God heretic to Mesha and to his Torah and everything else
they bring this to light. It's not enough to believe Mashiach is going to come, but it's an obligation to pray and to anticipate on a daily and a moment basis every moment of our lives. For someone that believes that Mashiach is coming, not just awaiting him, but doesn't have the actual feeling that I can't, I'm yearning, I need, I can't be without him, he's lacking. Because the Amuna in Mashiach's coming is a perpetual obligation. The obligation itself to anticipate his coming, his arrival, is constant. Each moment a Yid needs to live with the hope, the anticipation that he nay, he nay, Mashiach Bo. Any second Mashiach is coming. And we daven three times a day. The Shuascha Kivisi Kolayin. For your salvation, I anticipate Kivinu Kolayin. We anticipate all day long. There is no moment in our day that we're not thinking, where is Mashiach? How do we actually apply this? A Jew knows I can't be a complete entity without Mashiach. As long as the redemption hasn't come, Rahman person finds himself always missing something, always lacking. And therefore, he gives to all those around him in that time, he needs to give off the air of a chukka, a yearning for Mashiach. This is the halacha Rambam is teaching us. When a Jew awaits the coming of Mashiach in a proper fashion, when he mentions the Indian even slightly connected to the Geula, to redemption, even if he happens to be mentioning in a passing the Geula, immediately it is to waken up the full emotion and the full thirst, the full yearning until he breaks through and we can say when it comes to discussion Mehera Yigole Omen Kain Yehi Yotzer may be redeemed immediately. Amen. So be it as well. There's a parsha after Shani. It's a full parsha, actually, a very rich parsha. Many things go on in this parsha. 
Miriam passes away, Aaron passes away. Mesha and Aaron are smitten with a decree. A decree which we actually ultimately pay for till today. Taylor tells us that the water, as Miriam passed away, the water stopped flowing. The stone returned back into amongst a pile of stones. And the Jews were complaining, what are we going to drink? We're going to die of thirst. So, HaKadosh Baruch tells Meisha, go, take your staff, take your brother, and go talk to the stone. Tell him to give back water. Ultimately, after the passing of, Meisha, of Miriam and Aaron, the water, the clouds, and the man were all in the schus of Meisha. Meisha comes to the stone, and according to some different Midrashim opinions, the stone had mixed itself into the other stones. He didn't know exactly which one it was, apparently. And he spoke to the stone as God commanded, but the stone didn't do anything. Now the first time that he had to bring out water, he was told to smite the stone with his staff. And now, since the Baruch mentioned bringing his staff, he took it to mean to bring my staff, I had to bring it, I had to bring it for a reason. What could be the reason? The reason must be to smite the stone again. And as he spoke, nothing came out, he hit it. Not once, but twice, and all of a sudden, like Baruch said, as the water burst out in the flow, you know what, I'm decreeing and you with this, you will not bring this nation into the land. Meisha is now punished to an extent the ultimate of punishments. You cannot go into her to sell because of what you just did. I wanted you to sanctify my name. Everybody seeing that you talked to the stone and it gave out water and instead you hit it. You are punished by death. By death for this. Obviously, a tzaddik does something wrong. It's way worse than a regular Jew that does something wrong. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu measures the actions of a tzaddik, Yechut as it's called. Like the, the, the hair breath. Still in all, what did he do wrong? That he should get such a punishment, so severe, not to go into Israel. So many worse sins. Rashi actually attempts to approach this Shaila. And he brings an example of another sin. Which was a little bit of a confusion as how God approaches I'm going to give the nation Basar Beshefa, 
much meat as they want. Moshe had a little bit of a doubt. Atzeinu bocha yishad hem umotzalem Should I go now and start slaughtering all their cattle? He didn't imagine what HaKadosh Baruch plan was. Figured, physically, you're talking about the meat, start slaughtering. But he wasn't punished for that. Because Baseser Chazchal of HaKasuf. This is done quietly. That sin was done Baseser between Meishan HaKadosh Baruch himself. And therefore, Akash Baruch said, eh, I'm going to give you a pass on this one. However, here, Lechosach Olav HaKosav Nekidish Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted Mesh to sanctify his name. The entire nation was watching this. Mesh would have fulfilled this commandment and spoken to the stone it would have caused the most tremendous Kiddush Hashem. And everyone would, everyone would have seen and experienced it. That this stone is Mekayim, the words of Hashem. Why? Because Meish Rabbeinu, but since Meish Rabbeinu did not do that, and he was Begeya in Kiddush Hashem, he was punished, such a severe punishment. We, um, in our generation, understand, unfortunately, the word Chil Hashem, but we don't understand mm-hmm. Kiddush Hashem. Understand how when, God forbid, somebody says something publicly or does something in public and desecrates or embarrasses the nation or God, this is a Chil Hashem. Okay, we got that. Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying God's name, is a whole new level. whole new level. The fact that a Jew doesn't do something that desecrates Shabbos, and everybody sees that publicly, he could have gotten to a tremendous position, but he said, I can't do it, because I can't be Mechal Shabbos, that's Kiddush Hashem. That's sanctifying God's name. Seventy short years ago, people who could have hidden themselves, could have disguised themselves, Chas Shalom said they're not Jewish, and saved their lives thereby, openly said, I am a Jew. And when they were being put to death, had the words of Shema Yisrael on their lips. Jews that not necessarily practiced their entire life Judaism. But now they stood up for it. This is true Kiddush Hashem. Here,
Because the truth of the matter is, a Jew cannot separate themselves from God, even for one moment. So much so that they're always ready to sanctify, sacrifice themselves to sanctify in God's name. That we find again in our parsha Chukas. Chassidus explains Chukas Lashon Chakika engraving. For the most part of this, of the Chakika. How much Chakika engraving is stronger than writing. Writing, we use two different things. We use ink and a cloth, or a stick and sand, as we spoke last week. And they unite two things. The writing comes onto the paper. But you can always separate them. You can erase it. You can wipe it off of the cloth. When it comes to engraving, there's no two. You engrave with into something, and that stays there. It's in the stone. You etched it in stone. You etched your commitment, your unconditional love to Hashem in stone. Writing, when it comes to the Avedis Hashem, the connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, goes to the next level. The essence of a person. The person has to connect themselves with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Whereas Chakika symbolizes a situation. And there's no two separations here. The person and HaKadosh Baruch Hu are one. And there's no difference, there's no partition between them. So since a Jew binds himself with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a level of chukah, such a high level, Asis Chakika engraving, this becomes one with them. And there is no separation from God. There's no place in the mind's eye to sway this way or that. And therefore it becomes a very deep and engraved unconditional connection. It becomes from the actual essence of the Jew. He and HaKadosh Baruch Hu are one. And there is no separating. And therefore the person is prepared to make efforts for God and Kiddush Hashem. May we have the ultimate Kiddush Hashem and Meheira Yovei today, this moment, as soon as we finish recording this year. Good Shabbos to all.